What's going on? Everybody, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. And I am Count Cartel <laughs> over here being vampiric. Oh, man. I heard you took a trip out into the sun today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tempting fate. Uh, I might turn to dust, but um, I'm trying to, I've been in training to to be more human. I'm giving it a go now. Um, yeah, I mean, have you, have you ever had this thought, Coach Co, that it's not enough of a hellish inferno? I think I'll go ahead and take a trip to Miami. Have you ever, has uh, that ever crossed your mind? Yeah, I mean, going to Miami is always always on my mind, bro. We live in in Toronto, Canada. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you know. I but figured, like, I don't, uh, I don't have any plans to go to Miami in the summertime, though. No, what I like to do is like wait till like August, September, and just like really expose myself to the to the limits of of uh, of the uh, hellish insanity that's taking place outside right now. So I want to, I want to, I want to tempt fate. I want to have fun with heat stroke. That's what I want my summer to be. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous outside. Uh, shout out to the guy eating potato chips on the corner in a suit, by the way. Nice. Now, you see, that stuff that you get in Toronto that you that makes Toronto worth it sometimes, right? Um, obviously, goes without saying this is going to be a pantsless podcast for the carpet. <laughs> as you know. And... Uh, and just the massive amount of nonstop sweating on my end since July 1st, you know, we, it, this, this kind of leads us into a discussion about yesterday where uh, Coach Co and I lost approximately 5 to 10 pounds each um, during the fantastic event. It and was actually, no, no, it was 100%. With sincerity. Yeah, yeah no joke, no joke. Yeah. A fantastic event that was VonCon. 2022. I actually felt so bad uh, for everyone who ran that show because that show was, it just had the worst luck ever. Like it was supposed to debut and then we shut down because of COVID. And then it was supposed to happen again. And by the way, both times it was supposed to happen, it was supposed to be cool. It was supposed to be like, I think once was November. Uh, I think initially it was supposed to be like November 2020 or something. And then we shut down because of COVID. Um, and then we were supposed to have it on like, it was like March of 2021. And then there were more COVID restrictions that were in place. I think at that point it was uh, vaccine passports. Um, so, you know, if you didn't get vaccinated, you couldn't attend. And that truly wasn't it, part of their vision it added it added some people were frustrated yes, with that yes. uh, didn't understand yeah. but it added another layer yeah. of preparation yeah. and uh hiring people and yeah what. and and then so it finally finally happened um you know when this venue was available and that was august 6th um and uh it was a great show it was a it was a show first of all it was the first show that i've ever set up at <laughs> and Coach uh, popped the cherry i did and uh i will tell you that regardless of how the atmosphere was inside in terms of the heat i still have zero intention of setting up again because it was 
it wasn't even the the heat. I love talking to people. You know, I loved having people come to my table and being able to uh, talk to someone about perhaps you know childhood memories of sports card collecting or players. I know there was a few times where you know one one instance comes to mind where someone came to my table and we were talking about uh, his favorite player uh, being an AC Milan player. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's a soccer team. And uh, I was like, oh, like he's like, do you have any of this player? And, you know, I pulled out some stickers that I typically wouldn't be able to move on eBay because it's something that just kind of sits and it's very niche. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, you like AC Milan players? Like I have uh, this guy on AC Milan. I just happen to have a bunch of players from like early 2000s, very notable names in AC Milan kits. And, uh, you know, he left super happy and I left moving stuff that was in my closet, just not really being appreciated as much as it would in someone else's hands. So uh, that aspect of it, I absolutely loved the commitment to a specific space uh, was very overwhelming for me. <laughs> the uh, inability to go to the washroom, uh, eat water whenever I felt like it. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, and yet, I mean, thankfully, I had you set up next to me um, helping me out. So I don't know how people do it by themselves. But it was still just yeah, anxiety. Well, and I want to well, go to a show and have fun. And I don't want it to be anxiety. You know, well, that's the thing. So on a few points there, I mean, you know, uh, you put yourself in a novel and new situation. Yeah. You, you will notice, though, the way people are set up. I mean, you can't really do it on, on your own. Yeah. Right. You have to have some sort of support system or it has to be a group of people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you did manage to, you know, go to potty and, and have and have some food. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't I say I did it. I just said I, I couldn't do it I, with like, like, yeah, at my accord. You know what I mean? There's, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a flow state um, of doing shows like that you have to sort of get into. Um, and I totally get it. And I know you, you, you're, you're a mover, man. You're, yeah. you're moving around yeah. and I can see how that's totally different for you. Like you're used to getting to a show, moving around, going from one spot to the next, um, it, yeah, so it's a totally different experience. And I saw that you enjoyed it and you had some experiences individually, but I totally get it. I totally get that reaction. It's a very unique thing. You have to be you have to be up for it. Yeah. You have to be the type of person. I don't know. For me, it works. I mean, there's so many, obviously so many negatives. It's so awkward, you know, being on your feet that that length of time. Uh, like you said, ha not having the ability, you know, you might need to go to the washroom. It gets busy. You, there's another hour goes yeah, by yeah and um you know we are kind of skirting over the issue that there was no air conditioning in this facility yeah um and a lot of people were physically feeling that and it was difficult because we're going through quite the heat wave right now so yeah. look these things that happen um when you're organizing something on this level things are going to slip through the cracks that will teach you lessons and the idea is that you'll improve upon it because everything else about this show is fantastic. We need shows like this. This wasn't just cards. There were obviously card vendors, but there was uh, action figures. Uh, there were, uh, you know, TCGs, uh, um, cosplay. comic books, ton of comic books. And, you know, they, they had uh, cosplaying yep. competitions. 
uh, Destiny Pro Wrestling uh, set up in the middle of the day. It's great, right? There was but- tons of kids. And that's one thing that, I mean, I know we say that we see we see kids at card shows, but like there were, it was a very kid-friendly show family, overall. Family-oriented. Yeah. And that is great and we need it. Um, So I'm not going to get on them for an element that they may not have foreseen. No. But that being said, you know, just pay attention to the feedback and uh, things will improve. But you got to admit, I mean, even I admit, I I do, uh, I find find appreciation in, in ridiculous things and just, you know, seeing everyone sweating and fanning themselves. Um, it, it was a spectacle uh, at some point. Um, but nonetheless, fun was had. Uh, I want to get a little bit into what we observed from yes. people's behaviors and what was going on in terms of uh, the trading going on and the buying and the selling. But very quickly, Brendan, I'd like to say that you also popped your liquid death cherry. Uh, when, I, when I go to sleep at night, I like to pretend I have several sponsors like Australian Bone Broth, Liquid Death, uh, Vivid Video, and uh, you know this whole time. For those Coach of you who Coach, don't know, I mean, I, I had no idea. I thought this guy was drinking like an energy yeah. drink, quite honestly. So Coach Co thought I was loading myself up with caffeine this whole time. Yeah, I did. Uh, just like chugging, like going nuts. On, when <laughs> when all the cartel is doing is trying to be healthy and stay hydrated during a heat wave, he thinks I'm fiendishly downing caffeine like a maniac. You're drinking water from a can, bro. What do you expect me to think? Soon he discovered it was in fact pure mountain water from the from the Alps that I have been ingesting. So that that's funny. I thought that was interesting. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what we observed. I think we both had a good show. Um, And uh, I came out of it with a very positive feeling about the hobby which again is funny because so much of the content right now and remember content is for clicks yes so so much of the content that you're seeing is negative and talking about how the card market is falling apart um that's not really what we saw is it well look we we saw a lot of things but let's talk a little bit about what we did see so personally uh like i mentioned at the beginning of the pod I sold a lot of things that I otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to sell on eBay. It's not to say that I was selling junk junk because I wasn't. Um, But I feel like people truly were like reaching into their PCs at this show, at this show specifically, right? Like obviously we can't talk to or speak on behalf of the national. This, this thing is significantly smaller than the national. Um, But at least at this specific show, um, it was all about collecting. It was, you know, we'd have people from all different walks of life come in and, um, you know, you had a wide assortment of stuff from, you know, belts to books to so many different aspects of your collecting because you collect so many different areas. Uh, and people were just either interested or they were buying a bunch of so many different things. And so it was really interesting to see I mean, much to what you mentioned, the economy right now is something that people love talking about, right? People love talking about how either a recession's here or, you know, a recession's coming. Um, the state of, the, of all markets is bad. Like, that's the general sentiment of the world right now, right? And to see so many people 
put their, you know, expendable income into collecting. And in some cases, I mean, I saw it firsthand with you spend a significant amount of money. Like, you know, we hear a lot about people, you know, not bringing cash or just wanting trades or whatever the case. I don't think a single person, I think one person at the entire show, maybe two offered me trades, two people. Most people were, they were trying to negotiate lower prices, but they, it wasn't like a, will you accept trade on this? It was straight up like, okay, like, how much for this? Can you do this? It was it was negotiating dollars, um, which I found. For, I mean, that was fantastic to be honest, because there's a lot of times where it you was, have a card and you just it was polite, reasonable yeah. negotiation. Yeah, and you know, and that again, that it just kind of reminds me. I don't have them on my mind that often, trust me, but it does remind me of the uh, great instigator uh, who. Uh, you know, made comments about Canadians and basically did the thing that you're not supposed to do as a human being that everybody rails against, which is like generalizing. He did that to Canadians, but we were in a Canadian con. A lot of people came in from out of province. Did you notice that as well? Yeah. yeah. Which was very cool. And uh, we saw people negotiating reasonably in good faith. Um, and that made making deals easy. Um, now that being said, it's look, uh, we're giving you the overall highlights. There's always, there are always moments, right? Yeah. And, uh, I'll, I'll say this to people, you know, that, uh, I love all the posts that you see on IG where people are like, Oh, I'm doing my first show. Does anyone have any tips? This sort of thing, you know, during the process of negotiation, like, you know, what coming on strong is, and you know, what making people uncomfortable is I, and that, you know, I go out of my way and after having so much experience, it shows to avoid that. Uh, the people on the other side of the table, I give them leeway because I may think to myself, this might not be something they do all the time, but getting aggressive, rolling your eyes, you know, um, sucking your lips during a negotiation, like it, the, these are all noted and don't, and they don't help anything. Um, and it, not, it seemed to me that although that happened occasionally, most people understand that. Not a single person who stood in front of me and like looked through comps and said like, these are comps to me, which I found was a huge positive. Yeah. That's, you know what, now that I look back on it, mind you, some people come equipped, like they've done the research, which is but good. That's, but that's what um, I want though. That's what I want. That's what I, I yeah. want you. I don't, I don't want you to come in ill informed. I don't want like, yeah. that's not what I'm looking for. I want yeah. to be able to have a decent conversation with the person across the table from me. Right. So yeah. when you're standing there and you give someone a price, and that person like is like now looking up comps and says, well, you know, comps are this. I mean, you kind of there's a break in negotiation, right? Like you because we've we've mentioned this before on, on past podcasts where it's OK to see something that's above comps and be like, OK, well, and like just, you know, mention that, um, you know, the market's been down a little bit. Or, or you, do you have some wiggle room? Whatever the case may be. Right. It's like something some gentle introduction into like, hey, by the way. I want to pay less on this or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, which, yeah. and, and like that happened with you, right? I mean, it happened uh, on, on a big sale that you had. Uh, he's like, you know, I'm going to like, we're going to go back and forth. Like we're going to dance. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so going, you know, and, and using that guy as an example and that, you know, with what we were discussing with people out of province, that was a gentleman from Calgary. Yep. He had very specific wants based on the changing face of the flames team. And, uh, I knew that in some cases, I, I mean, I do, I look, I don't offer the highest end. 
and I'm not going to have the hot F1 cards. But what I find time after time at every show I, I attend, I have stuff other people don't. And a guy will show up. And again, this speaks to the advantage of having a variety. Like you mentioned, I have yeah. so many different collectibles and I have such variety within each collectible arena. Um, so this guy, you know, found what it was he was looking for. And I'll tell you, the overall atmosphere is really good as well. And I, I suspect this is why. Um, it was the same thing at the expo, although a little bit more aggressiveness and a little bit more uh, because just the fact that it was such a much bigger show Yeah. Um, that you get more sharks. Um, I mean, look, we were in lockdown a long time. And we, in, we where we are lost the ability to come together and communicate and do these in-person deals and have these celebrations of collecting and a lot of people in the states certain part of the states uh i think don't understand this and they have a lack of empathy towards what we went through they just don't get it they don't care they don't you know like do they really know what went on here i mean we no, basically were, weren't allowed to do anything for like two years <laughs> you were still having their barbecues and, and doing their thing while canadians couldn't go see you know, family in nursing homes or celebrate, celebrate life or death, really birthdays, funerals, etc. And I think it hit a lot of people hard. And this is our opportunity to come together. And I think that plays into a little bit it certainly does on my end, I keep that in mind, I'm not going to get upset at, you know, a younger person uh, trying to pull a fast one. Uh, I think we brushed that off a lot yesterday and made a joke out of it more than just yeah. getting upset. Yeah, yeah. right. And you just remind yourself of how you how we were when we were a kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, everyone seemed to be uh, negotiating in, in good faith. You always get these fun stories. Uh, again, without having to go into details, I'm sure you remember Coach Co, the uh, one gentleman who had a very strange batch of cards. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he was just a very interesting guy. And it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Like you, you, you get these experiences, you meet these people you wouldn't otherwise. And uh, th these are interesting memories and moments that come from shows like this one. Um, but it, it, we also saw a lot of cool stuff uh, come our way. I know you made a, a purchase that uh, was a smart one. Like you're kind of getting ahead of the hype that'll start happening before the hockey season. You were able to meet other soccer collectors. Yep. And like you said, move soccer stuff on a collector basis that would be very difficult when you're just at home sitting with your soccer cards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a young lady came to the table who mentioned that she had just started collecting and was getting into things. That's awesome. Uh, an older gentleman came to the table, the guy that bought the books who said he'd been rekindling, you know, it was, it was basically based on nostalgia and the stuff that his mother wouldn't let him read or collect when he was younger i'm talking this gentleman was he was, he was old because he's older than me if you're yeah, older yeah, than yeah. me you're yeah and uh i love how you're just like yeah no if you're older than the cartel that's basically yeah. retire retirement home honestly we're, we're making some plans retirement uh, home. the family's figuring out what to do um <laughs> so that was awesome and, and, and I, I actually made a comment because he mentioned it was around 2020 when he got back into it and i'm like you know what at this point with the market where, where it's back now, as opposed to the height of 2021, uh, he can indulge in that nostalgia more and in a more affordable way. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, like, again, we're seeing all this, all these falling charts and statistics about these expensive basketball cards for the most part, where, you know, 100,000 in is now fetching you 50,000. 
womp, womp, womp. But, you know, everything else is, is fairly, is fairly healthy. But even if um, you zoom out, that's like that $50,000 card three years prior was like, what did the Jordan start out at 50 K in 2019? So look, I, I get that. Right. You know, but like it, it's just like, there's so much doom and gloom. And I'm going to say it again. I've said it before that the hobby survived the last, you know, economic crisis that we saw in the late OOs because people need their hobbies and they need to derive the pleasure from that sort of stuff. It's important. Um, and in my opinion, it's not going to crash like it did in the, in the late nineties. It's, it's going to sustain itself at least in a healthy way. Social media is a beast that we have never had in our corner. Um, and, and you can say that about so many different markets. Um, I, and I just, I think there, it's just such a tight knit group. People will fall off for sure. I mean, the people, you know, in the NFT realm already fallen off, you know, like the, the, the sneaker heads that jump to sports cards. I mean, I'm good. I, yeah, I guarantee a, a good chunk of them have fallen off. Like a lot of people ate and left. Yeah. Yeah. Or they ate and then they started, you know, going hungry and they said, I, I need to find something else. I need which, to. Which transitions beautifully <clears throat> into our next topic. And that is uh, something that we saw on Instagram. Um, you saw specifically that Card Porn and, and Blaze teamed up to talk about their worst sell. I say worst sell very loosely, but a card that they sold too early um and i think it's an interesting conversation to have um and we'll go one further we'll talk about not only the card that we sold too early but perhaps a card that we held for too long and uh this is going to be fun i think you're going to have the sold too early way way more than i have but um well i'm actually actually interesting well Well, because you've been around the hobby forever. i've been around more right yeah exactly exactly Exactly. so i actually want to know what would you consider the card? I, I think I might actually know this, but I, I want the listeners to know. Uh, what is the card that you sold too soon? Well, I, I, I mean, you know, and again, what we're getting at is regrettable moves. That's yes. what the card porn post was yes. about. Uh, and what constitutes a regrettable move and, you know, and looking at it and analyzing it yes. is, is, is probably the more important point. Fair enough. Uh, my story has made its rounds in the hobby, especially, especially in Toronto. And um, not on the cardboard coaches though. So this, this is going to be a cardboard coaches exclusive. No, I maybe in an early episode, maybe, uh, you know, back, uh, back when we were little sprouts. Um, but that being said, you know, this type of story would probably have a wide, you know, would have a wide, if I had a wider reach, it would be spoken of quite a bit. Um, Cause anyone who knows about it speaks about it quite a bit. And I apologize, but I'm trying to put all of my focus on this, but I'm looking up something relevant to what we're discussing. Um, so but let's just get into the Blaz one. The Blaz one was, uh, I'm probably going to be a little bit off here. It was the Julio Rodriguez red refractor autograph. That's out of five. Yeah. BGS 9.5. Beautiful card. Stunning. And he made the purchase and made the sale during all the craziness that we're in. And by the way, there's also a player we're talking about with a lot of hype. And it turned out to be legitimate hype. It turned out to be justified. Yep. Um, Thus far, thus far. Thus far. And I believe at the end of the day, 
And my story will have similar, you know, concept in terms of the fact that there was money made. Yes, exactly. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like um, Blaise made about 10K in his flip, right? Um, and again, it depends. What's your mindset? When, I agree. What's the card? And what's yeah. the card too, right? I mean, um, you know, everybody knows I love Randy Bobandi or uh, Rosarena. But that's not a flip concept. That's kind of PC slash long term, right? Uh, I think Rose Rain is going to become one of those really well loved cult players. So that's a long term play, and therefore I don't put a ton into. I'm not going to buy a, a ten thousand dollar Rose Reina. Yeah, I'll buy a five hundred dollar Rose Reina uh, that I really love and enjoy. Uh, and if I have two of them, I'll sell one of them, right? But regardless, Blaz did this as a flip play. Yeah, I'm not saying that in a negative way. But the card recently sold on Golden for, I believe it was $235,000. Crazy. If you lie there in bed and you think about it a lot, it could break your soul. Yeah. But, but don't forget, Blez is uh, sitting on a lot of stacks. Yeah, he's, 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 he's doing well for himself. He's doing quite well for himself. Like, yeah. And again, this is the concern. And the cardboard coaches are for the kids and the cardboard coaches are for the newbies and the cardboard coaches are here to help you. Uh, and give you the information and give you some warnings here and there that, you know, this, this can take your soul as quickly as gambling can, as quickly as something negative can, even yep. though there's all these positive connotations. Yeah. So if Blaise was someone without means and you sat there and you're like, man, I really could have used that extra 225,000, that quarter million. Um, but you know, this guy's made wheeling and dealing every day. And that's that's kind of part of it. You know what I mean? Like that's like usually winding up yeah. on top. Yeah. Right. Um, so people got to remember that. Um, now I'm in an absolutely similar situation. Not only did I acquire the Connor McDavid Young Guns high gloss on the day of release, but I sold it on the day of the release, literally. Okay. I don't want to get into facts and figures here. Uh, at the time, it was a big deal uh, making a sale such as that one. I've talked about how I reinvested some of that money, particularly in a future watch, McDavid. Yeah. But the bottom line is, you know, I, I gave up something that, you know, here we are seven years later, has a significant price tag attached to it. Yep. Um, so it's funny. The way people react to that is, uh, I think the simpler minded of us simply just, oh my God, that's fucked. Excuse me, that's messed up. Or like just dollars and cents. Do you know what I mean? Like how much did yeah. you lose out on? Like that's like what's, that's, but, but it's, far it's, more often, far more often, the reaction I get is, "Hey, listen, you know, that money at the time, I feel. you used on, you know, vacation uh, to do good things for yourself. You reinvested some of it. You can't look at it that way. And you, and you still gave yourself uh, like a future plan, though. Like you still gave yourself something that's gonna, like you can make money off that." Maybe well, not yeah, the same yeah. level, but like, like I, I mean, I've said this before. Like, what's the point of being, being cardboard rich if you're struggling, right? Like, and I'm not saying that you're you're struggling by any means, but like, if you needed that capital at that time, if you if it if it could have enhanced your life at any capacity, then like, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's a good thing that that you you've got, um, you know, a thick skin and and uh, you you don't lie awake thinking about shit like that because but just to quickly contrast yeah and then i'll, I'll leave it to you and i also want to hear what you got to say especially on the side of like waiting too long yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's very interesting that yeah. you brought that up it's contrasted with the fact that what really got me into the higher end of the hobby and away from just pc collecting 
was, and I told this story a while back as well about the SPX Steve Francis, that when it came out in 99, I happened to pull one in a pack randomly. I wasn't even into cards at the time. Yeah. Wasn't it a $50 pack? Uh, I, I seem to recall giving the guy $30 cash. Okay. And this is in 1999. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then pulling that and getting told by the guy, and I'm so glad I was a kid and he was not predatory. Um, he, he just told me that's really good. Like, be careful with that. Whereas someone could have easily in a, in a, in a more volatile market have been like, Hey kid, I'll give you twice what you paid for the pack. Yeah. Now I, I was, a, I was more shrewd than that at that age. But regardless, look, long story short, I ended up selling that card for, for uh, four figures. Um, and I'm looking right now on eBay and there's a PSA 8 available for $193. So not only is, am I giving an example of the give and the take, the hobby flow, so to speak, I'm going to hand it off to you because timing, right? Like I sold that card when Francis was incoming and the hype was hot. And believe me, I didn't give it that much thought as a kid as I do now, but it's relevant to what you're just about to speak on, which has really got to do with timing and uh, pulling the trigger. So I don't really have anything glaring that I haven't, that I sold too early on, quite honestly, um, because I... I mean, I didn't, I, first of all, like we, we know that I jumped in full force about three years ago and I didn't come in with like a ton of capital. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of these people that came in with like six figures and I'm like, let's do some fucking damage. Like I came in. I always wondered. I I, wondered if you were one of these guys who had like backers. I came in with COVID um, and, uh, you know, it didn't have a job actually. Like I was like self-employed. You started COVID? No, no. Um, self-employed uh, for the first time ever. And uh, I was just kind of like seeing what I could do, you know? And uh, so I'm actually super happy with where I'm at right now. Um, that being said, um, I have definitely bought things and held for too long. Um, and again, none of these are like massive L's, but there's like guys like, I mean, Luis Urias was a guy I was high on early. Mm. Uh, as soon as he got traded to the Brewers, I thought he was going to pop off. I put a, a considerable amount of money into him. Uh, I remember having a ton of Randy during that playoff run. Like we were right. talking about Randy before the playoff run. I was like, man, this guy's got like 11 home runs. Even, in like, in even like, I, uh, in like 30 even I games. took advantage of that time. I know, I know. And I love Randy. And it wasn't easy to sell those autographs, but I took advantage so of So I had one at PSA. And it was um it was uh like out of out of fifty on card. It was the only autograph he had in circulation at that time. And uh I remember going oh, on eBay. Right, right. I remember going on eBay and like unfortunately I had sent it off. Um, but that card was selling for like I think it was two thousand dollars was a recent sale. Yeah. Um and uh like cause he was hot, hot. He had just broken the record of most home runs in a postseason. Um, who knows if I would have held out all the way to that anyway, if I did have it in my possession, because knowing me, as soon as something goes hot and I don't want it anymore, it's gone. <laughs> um, I'll but, say for the most part, you are really good with that. Yeah. Well, I just don't, I don't want to hold things for too long because it's happened so many times. So I'm like, even if I take an L long-term, like again, like maybe I'll have a ton of these stories in the future. Like I, I sold most of my J rod when he got called up. 
Now, I haven't looked at what the prices are versus like what I sold for them, but you know, it's what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like I in my mind, I held it for a year and a half. It appreciated well over 2-3x. I was like, this is money that I didn't have before and now I'm now more liquid, right? So I think um just having that in the back of your mind um you just can't think too much about the moves that you made too soon or the moves that you didn't make because ultimately you did what you did for a reason you know what i mean like even if you sell i have i usually find that when i'm on selling something and even if i i do sell it too soon um it's cuz in the back of my head i'm like you know man i could like really use not even the extra money but like the peace of mind that that extra money will give me or i want to have a little bit more liquidity in case something comes around absolutely you know what i mean instead of having to scramble after the fact when yes you know it's it's like next to impossible to move something like that so um you know if there's one thing that you can take from this podcast is that you can't you can't get too hung up on your wins and you can't get too hung up on your losses because yep. at the end of the day you know you're just trying to have fun out here Next thing you know, you're you're hitting a gold Ronaldo in a break, right? The the ball don't lie. All right. The ball don't lie. Uh, everything that's meant to happen in the card space and everywhere else will happen. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Play, plays into the plays into PSA, right? PSA grading, where a lot of people in that hot area of the hobby, especially the ones who are foolish enough like ourselves to be just wanting to continue to take advantage of the value submission you know a lot of those things we were submitting coach co we were supposed to be selling at the time yeah but we wanted to enhance the value we were under the impression that that bull market could continue tearing through and again we've emphasized today it may not be a bull market but i think it's a healthy market particularly when you're in the sector below the the six figure cards and by the way the seven figure cards are booming as well go figure smashing you've got, you've got oh. the stuff at the top You've got the stuff that is the realm of the collector. And look, you, you can be a collector and a very efficient investor because you're using your knowledge. You're using your knowledge of the market. You're using your knowledge of the sports in question. But we are seeing that kind of, certainly not mid-end, but that high-end where people got a little too aggressive during that boom period. Um, but a lot of people took advantage of it. It's Those are the people that really succeeded that are now... Uh, you know, very much improved financially because they did pull the trigger. They did recognize that this was, everything was going up way too fast, um, way too artificially. They recognized it and they took advantage. And some people, look, you and I both took advantage of it in ways, maybe not as much as we could have. Maybe our collector sensibilities got a little bit in the way, but a lot of people benefited because they did pull the trigger at the right time. And they said to themselves, this is really high. Is it going to stay this high? Is it going to keep going higher? And here we are, 2022. And I think we're back to a more sane, level-headed market that we can enjoy. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future here, man. I'm excited, uh, you know, for the future of this podcast, for the future of cards. I'm, I think um, it's only going to get more and more healthy. I think with the constant social media pressure i want to call it pressure um 
you know, I think we're going to see some changes in terms of, you know, maybe even transparency and grading one day. Um, and uh, I, I hopefully stuff like serial numbers start to get logged uh, across all grading companies. We've been uh, talking about that a long time. You know, uh, having grading company across all grading companies. Imagine how wonderful that would be if you can't regrade something or, mm. um, and I, and I mean, it sucks because like you lose the ability to regrade, but I mean, imagine how many people would be able to grade their cards if you, if regrading wasn't a thing. And it's, it's protective. Yeah. It's protective. Yeah. That's, that's what's important. So, um, now I, we're running low on time. Sure are. I didn't know if you wanted to get into that specific instance of where the fact that some of these companies aren't working together or keeping track of things, but I think we're kind of aware of, of that element. Happens frequently. We just need to be better. Absolutely. Team, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cardboard Coaches. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what your favorite part of the episode was. And uh, have yourself a wonderful rest of the day. Coach Co, out. Peace.